I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? Sorry, what's that, Travis? Is that is that the edge? Is the edge joining us? What do you mean? The picture. Which where picture? Mike where Mike usually is. Oh, the old lady and Edge. Oh no, that's um, that's Joe Piscopo. I don't know who he is. Is, he, is that what you call when a clam pisses on you? <laughs> no, that's what you call a comedic genius who decides to become a crooner. Yeah. Oh, okay. And right. carrot top pretty- before carrot top. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Dude, there's don't say that. There's only one carrot top. Don't say that. I just that. mean get a comedian who gets jacked afterwards. I was <laughs> thinking about carrot top a lot today, to be honest with just you. Just using props or props and working out, and I was like, you know, the gym it's just covered in props. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's how carrot top started working out. He was like, "Wow, these props! I'm getting yoked from these props, so maybe I should really go for that." Instead. Right, like he was just doing comedy with like uh, like <laughs> kettlebells and shit, and all of a sudden yeah, was... he was just like, "This is so funny!" Yeah, this is. I was gonna funny. say originally it was just a kettle, and he was using this prop in the gym, and then they turned into the kettlebell. He invented yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Someone someone else was showing him a prop comedy bit, yeah. and the the punchline was kettlebell. And then like, they did some research. I know what I know. I know what I need to do. God, he's probably cool as hell. I'd love to get him on the show. Oh, that'd be rad. I'd love to smoke menthol cigarettes with him. That'd be fun, too. It's just like a lot. Like, he, in, 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 what does he like smoke? Like hot box of room. Do you know if he smokes? Is he actually a, a menthol man like myself? I, I, I don't know. I just want to hot box a car with menthol cigarettes and carrot top. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good... Um, it's a good starter for the episode, I suppose. Yeah. Welcome to Roast Mortem. Uh, we're doing the we're doing anal with history, as Travis says. Um, right? Oh no! As I put the coitus in chronological order of right. history, we're doing the oral history. Okay, hi. There we go. My name's Tom. <laughs> I'm Travis. I'm Connor. Uh, no mic tonight again because he Dude, doesn't. He- he, he doesn't even surgery. care about Greeks. Yes, he got surgery, though. He got surgery today. Yeah, yeah. he's getting Shout robot knees and robot shit, knees. right? He's going to yep. come back like a bionic man. Yeah. New voice Wait, box. Do we, yeah. do we know if he's actually getting robot knees, or is he doing the thing where they put the dead people's knees inside of you? No, what they're doing is uh, they're basically just taking his old shitty body and sewing it together Yeah, again. They're just reattaching uh. it all. It's kind of like, ta- like un- turn it off, turn it back on again. They're doing that to his knee. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. right. So he's still going to be Mike. He I don't know, man. He'll just be able to ollie like 10 feet higher than he was before. I don't think he's ever going to skateboard again. I think he's just going to start razor scootering like a real man. Yeah. Yeah. Grow yeah. up already. Get him Exactly. Hi, gonna... I'm going to lime scooter over to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's going to lime scooter. He's going to get himself a motorcycle trike. He's going to be a real man. 
It's great. He'll be doing those bicycles where you lean back and pedal with your feet in the air. And, and I oh that <laughs> those sticks incumbent <laughs> bikers. Um, everyone always just goes off on bikers, right? But you really got to go off on the incumbent bikers. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're useless. I think if you go off on bikers, it kind of goes without saying. Yeah. Like every time someone hurts themselves on a bicycle, it's good for everyone except them. But who cares? Um, I feel like we haven't had Mike on the show for a long enough time where we might even have to explain who Mike is. Oh, that's true. Uh, oh, yeah. Shout out Mike. He's in the artwork. Yeah, he's in the artwork, <laughs> yeah. and he's he might be the intern. Yeah. He's an advanced. <laughs> he's a uh, what they call a rock star intern. Yep. Yeah, Full he's stack. basically, he's the post Malone of roast mortem. He shows up, he does a, a beer bong of weed, and then leaves. Yeah. That's great. Um, How was well, everyone's week? Oh, you stole my bit that I started. No, 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 no. This, that was my bit that I started. <laughs> and right. I'm taking it back. Well, I'm putting the anal in. How was your week? <laughs> there you go. All right, Connor, start us off. Uh, my week was good since we, we last met. Um, I So, Travis, this kind of explainer for you because you just were exposed to these. I restarted making quizzes for friends and family. This is a hobby I picked up last summer where, as a joke, I made a quiz for two of my friends, and then they shared it with our, the rest of our friend group, and it slowly turned into this thing where I would send out a weekly quiz to friends and family. I have like a listserv on my email of like 35 people I send it to, yes. <laughs> and I took a long break because it just uh, kind of got annoying after doing it for a while, and it was hard to come up with questions, but I'm back. I'm making quizzes for a while. Well, now you got this fancy desk job. Yeah. So you have a little more time to browse Google. and Exactly. Yeah. Get on Wikipedia, see what strikes me for inspiration. So nice. I have to tell you, you are a great quiz smith. It's I, I am agreed. Yeah, I am terrible at taking quizzes. It's really fun. It's usually about 10 to 12 questions, and the average score is like four or five right. So that's just kind of where the difficulty is. It's advanced as hell. That's part of the fun, I think, is the fact that it's hard. You know, I did watch my wife do the quiz last week, and I I wasn't paying attention, but I leaned over at one point, and I saw... I saw one. I saw a gentleman walking by the name of Douglas MacArthur. Oh, yes. And uh, I was just like, fucking Brazilian wife probably won't even get this. She got it. She mm, just like, bam! Like, I, I thought I was going to be cool and go, no, I know this one for sure. She got it. And she was just, oh, no, I don't need you in my life. Man. I know who this is. Yeah. yeah. Remember when Douglas MacArthur invaded Brazil? How could you ever forget? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think we retweeted the, the, the quiz last week, so maybe we'll start sharing them. Going forward or something. Hey, that would be yeah. fun. Listeners want to be... take them. Try we should do that with the Patreon quizzes. folks. Yeah, that, yeah Discord. We yeah, we're gonna keep it Discord. exclusive. Let's yeah, keep it. Let's tight. keep it Discord. I like the Discord people. I I haven't been talking to the Discord people. I've been busy. Yeah, that would be a good thing. I think so look like out that. for quiz quiz number twelve. Pop quiz. Quizzy. Hell yeah. Quizzy. Yeah. Tom, how's your week? My week. Mm, okay, I did one. Th- did I tell you about my new cowboy boots? No. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I have cowboy boots now. And shout out to Go West, Bohemia, Long Island, uh, which is east of where I live, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, A store called Go West, (laughs) which smells like bull hide. Um, (laughs) The finest leathers, the sweetest Stetsons, 
buckles that will shine in the sunlight and blind you. I love this place. I'm only going to shop here from now on. Wait, are you going to get look. your... Are you gonna get yourself a Stetson along with those match those boots? No, I'm. I've I've decided to not Stetson because my hair is kind of crazy so, right now. What about a bolo? Bolo in the bag. Ooh. Oh, already Ooh. in the bag. In the yes. bag. Yeah. Teal. Um. Not not teal. Not the turquoise. Um, yeah. What is it? Yeah, it is turquoise. It's turquoise. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's turquoise. No, I didn't get one of those, but that's next. All right. Um, I gotta put my bolo on right now. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Let me see this bolo. And you're wearing a very cool shirt today, Travis. I mentioned that to you before, and you can't hear me because oh, you're putting on a bolo. That is a nice bolo. Oh, that's sick as hell. You know what? Now that I got this new fancy job, I should get a bolo tie. That way I can really dress to impress. That would bolo be awesome. On. Now, yeah. now I look like I'm a professional lawyer or something. In Texas. I'd have you represent me in court. You look yeah. very cool. Actually, I think federal courts, you're not allowed to wear bolos. Really? Yeah. It's <laughs> not like an actual. What? I got to look it up. There's some courts in the states where you're not allowed to wear bolos, and other states, respectable states, where they. Like Arizona. Yeah. And New Mexico. Come on Arizona in. They say, come in. You got a bolo? Please. Your front row seats to jail. The judge's bolo is under his robes. It's what keeps it all up. <laughs> yeah. Bolos are great accessories. People who say otherwise are uneducated and filthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I got my first pair of boots. And man, they just feel right. They really do. I did have to order some new pants though, mm. boot cuts. Ooh, yeah. So I got two of those in the mail right now. A uh, slim, slim pant to boot cut. So it's gonna look bell bottomish, which I'm excited to yeah. adopt. No, that'll look good. How big is the heel on them boots? It's uh, it's an inch, inch maybe an inch and an All eighth right. on All there. Right. It's pretty yeah, good. That's what you need. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell I don't yeah. need too much because I'm already like six foot eleven. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, you're basically higher than Shaq of, he's seven foot 11 or something. <laughs> I will say one of the, the, the fellow who was helping me with my boots, uh, he did go into a tirade about how it's hard to get size 15 boots. Yeah. And he wasn't wearing size 15. I guess he had some fellows that were coming in and asking for him. For um, some reason, when you said tirade, I thought you were going to finish with, he went into a tirade against Shaq. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Specifically Shaq. Yeah. Shaq I thought came it, in here. Looking yeah. for boots, motherfucker. <laughs> you know how hard it was to find stuff that fit them? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's got to be a nightmare. Saddles. You just got to cut saddles yeah. up the right way. <laughs> it took seven bolo ties to fit around his neck. <laughs> so that, um, since you have a wonderful bolo tie and I can't stop staring at it, why don't you talk from that mouth and tell me how your week was, Travis? Oh, shit. My week was pretty good, damn good. I took a little ride out into the gorge. Uh, the Oregon Seattle or Oregon Washington Gorge with my girlfriend, very beautiful. It's uh, it's I uh, when you get outside of Portland, Oregon is gorgeous. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but when you're um, inside, how would you best describe it? Uh, like a di like diarrhea soup, like like heating up diarrhea over a <laughs> over an like a nice cold. open yeah yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but it's kind of interesting going along the gorge because you literally go from. I guess it would be kind of like rainforesty or pine, pine area, and it slowly becomes a desert as you drive further uh, east. Okay. Um, but I stopped at this place that's up on the hill. I was like, dude, it's like we're in England, but we're in Washington because it was a two-scale replica of Stonehenge. Whoa! And oh the, yeah. And the interesting thing was was that it was a memorial for World War One. One of the, the weirdest fuck? World War One memorials I've ever been to. 
<laughs> Weird. Um, yeah, so yeah, I guess some kid like went to England or whatever, deployed for World War One, and wrote back home that oh, Stonehenge is really cool. I guess they had an army field trip. This place um, is sick. You should build yeah. it. <laughs> and then he got shut up by some Jerry's and yeah. never came back. So they built Stonehenge in Washington. Hmm. It's uh, pretty interesting. It overlooks the gorge. It's like beautiful. Had yeah, what time. He, he just drew it up on a napkin at the bottom said like, BRB, going to huff mustard gas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, these kids nowadays huffing their mustard gas, kind of like the choking game. You guys do the choking game? <laughs> yeah, usually die, though. Yep. First time around with that mustard gas. <laughs> yeah, I've been living in my own shit for two weeks, and here comes the yellow cloud again. <laughs> Man, uh, it reminds me of uh good times we're having now yeah the things that are going on now Just in the world lovely lovely things yes but um without getting too into now or even this week i think we have to go back quite a bit let's yeah go let's go to, to the then past. dude let's go Tom, to then you're wearing a shirt it seems fitting it's very very alexandry kind of oh. I'm wearing a Dick Masterson shirt. Well, he's got a long flowing hair and a wreath of laurels around his head. He's a nice man. He was on one of our episodes. He was yeah. on the Dr. Seuss episode. There you go. He I, looks like I'd he imagine... could be in the Macedonian phalanx. I'd yeah. imagine his thighs are usually greased as well. I, you know what? I'll write him. Yeah. Find mm-hmm. out. I'll find out. All right. So let's jump into it. Let's not waste time. we got a lot to get there. This is already, for sure, going to be the longest series we've ever done on the show. Yeah, because you're you're still ramping up in a lot of ways. We're still going, and when we finish today's episode, we'll probably be about halfway through his career. Wow. (laughs) All righty. Don't call him the great for nothing. He did a lot. He was great. Yeah. Um, Should I be drinking beer for this one? Do I need a beer? Maybe. Tell me. Is it going to get gory as well? Oh, yeah. Asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good. Oh, you need beer. You know what? I'll, I'll take a beer as well. All right. I'll take so. a backup beer. <laughs> <laughs> Load up. Hold for backup beer. Yeah. Oh, there's so many options now. I, I was reaching for the lighter only to realize it was covering a different bottle. Opener. Yeah. <laughs> Resting on a bottle opener. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to show off Mike's tricks. When I first started cracking beers when I was like 16 or 17, I was already smoking cigarettes because I was very cool. Yeah. And I got very used to uh, a full-size Bic lighter just opening all my beers mm-hmm. that it feels weird to use a bottle opener to me. That's, ah, how, that's, that's how, how much many? I yeah. had done that. And I still to this day. See, I was always cans. Like, not uh, always, but way more often was cans. Yeah. They're, you know, they both... Have good juice Both in them. Oh, you know what I should have said for how was my week? What? I shotgunned for the first time in a long while. Oh. And I'm excellent at shotgunning, so it was really fun to show off my skills for a new crowd of people. <laughs> I didn't know that. And actually, I shotgunned this weekend, too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and I shotgunned a, a White Claw or a Clizzy. Interesting. Yeah. I've done seltzers before. We should keep all of this in. This we're, is, this is staying. Yeah. This is, Travis is back, but we were just talking about shotgunning. Um Oh, I Hot love shotgunning. Oh, it's my favorite way of chugging beers. Me too. Me too. I'd shotgun this fruited ale, but uh, <laughs> I'm inside, and I don't want to get all over yeah. the place. Hey, next time you're out here, we'll have a shotgun party. Mm-hmm. Hell Maybe yeah. We'll Maybe we'll Definitely. film it. We need to do something on the Patreon that's stupid. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about uh, the way Alexander and his buddies like to chug wine, but not for another like 10 parts. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. But we'll get there. We'll Spoilers get there. <laughs> from butts. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put on this bolo. Now I got to start drinking. All right. <laughs> All right. So we left off with the Battle of Issus. Alexander defeated Darius on the um, coast of Syria, basically. Uh, Darius had fled the field, returned back to Babylon, smarting from his wounds and trying to pick up the pieces. He'd captured all of Darius's family. So Alexander keeps moving south. He gets to the city of Damascus. And here, he meets an old friend from Pella, the capital of Macedon. Uh, this is Barsine a daughter of one of Darius's close advisors who had spent time in the Macedonian capital as a child, so her and Alexander knew each other. Right, um, so Alex, she'd take Alexander out shopping. He'd tell her, like, what worked, what didn't work. Yeah. You know, they'd do the hot goss. They'd go to Auntie Anne's. They'd be like, oh, this is so fattening, yeah. but I'm going to have <laughs> extra pretzels. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, but for the first time in his life that we think, maybe, Alexander is smitten. Oh. Um, so they kind of shack up for the winter of 333 BC, and soon enough, she gives birth to a son that is aptly named Heracles, which is the Greek version of Hercules, who right. Alexander claims to be descended from. Oh, yeah, I yeah, love, and, I like, like, that's like naming your son after, um, I don't know, like, like um, great grandfather or something. No, I was thinking more along the lines of like John Wayne Gacy. Because, like, Hercules uh, murdered his entire family. Oh, right. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think it's a little bit... I mean, that's that's cruel in a way. Hercules is cool, and he's like, eh. It's more like naming your child Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> no, but that's, uh, his, but one that's word. his name. That's Dale his Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah, and no. then the, your last name. Or so. Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. <laughs> well, we roasted the actual Hercules of modern... Chris Benoit. <laughs> Oh, that Hercules, yeah. 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 Well, just don't name your kid Chris Benoit. Yeah, so now Alexander, he's got a son, uh, but he does not marry Barsine, uh, just keeps her as a mistress. Um, So Darius, knowing just how difficult a future battle was going to be with Alexander, sends some diplomatic messages to try and end the war peacefully. He offers Alexander a ridiculous sum of money, and all of the territory west of the Halis River in exchange for peace. Alexander's chief advisor was one of his father's contemporaries, a man named Parmenion, who we're going to talk about a lot today. And Parmenion says, no, this is a great deal, we should accept it. Um, and he's quoted as saying, I would accept those terms if I was Alexander. And Alexander responds, quote, so would I if I were Parmenion. End quote. Oh, <laughs> but he learned that from Diogenes. Probably. Yeah. Diogenes That's gave like him it's a direct yeah. response from Diogenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, then Alexander like whipped his dig out and just started fucking whacking it. He's like, yeah. oh, you see what this I did? Is there, my bro? Bullet. He got burned <laughs> so hard. He got strip Dave Attell burned. He probably sent a letter that was like, Can someone let Diogenes know that I used his rhetoric <laughs> to fuck with my uncle guy? <laughs> And he's out there. I'm going to use this dead rat as a fleshlight. And I don't care what you've done, Mr. Great. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Sasha Gray rat. <laughs> <laughs> so Alexander rejects Darius's terms, uh, mainly because even though on the surface it looks like a good deal, it's all he's offering Alexander is the territory that Alexander has already conquered and then just a shit ton of gold on top of that. So it's like, what's the point? Fuck off. All right. Yeah. He wants a rematch with Darius where he can take over the entire Persian Empire. So I think we mentioned this in the last episode. Alexander had decided to uh, disband his entire navy because he was like, it's a pointless waste of money. That's coming back to haunt him at this point. Uh, the Persian navy 
is operating out of the Eastern Mediterranean, kind of has free reign over all the Greek and Hellenic islands and is kind of causing some trouble. So before he can pursue Darius into Mesopotamia, he needs to secure the coastline so he can have a good supply line back to Macedon. Quick so, question. So you say, I remember him disbanding the Navy. Yeah. But did he keep like a few ships for other practical reasons? Yeah. Around? Yeah. There's always like ships or there's always like a city he can call on to be like, send your ships to me type okay. of thing. But it was more like the Navy that was kind of following along. So he was just like, go home. Like get back, go away. Okay, all right. So there is there is still a water presence. Yeah, of it's just his... not all right. A concentrated naval force. Gotcha. Right. It's not like having the navy. It's like having Captain Stabbin's yacht following it's, you. Around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was gonna go with old navy for a PG joke. Oh well, no. <laughs> but, see, uh, I was going for X-rated. Yeah. Well, that's good too. So his plan was to march down the coast uh, from Syria, basically through the Levant, um, modern-day Palestine and Lebanon and Israel and all those places. Um, the main target of this is the city of Tyre, T-Y-R-E. This is an ancient Phoenician port city in modern-day Lebanon. It was an island fortress that was located about a kilometer offshore of the mainland. Um, this city had been occupied for nearly 2,000 years at that point. These are the people who founded the city of Carthage. Um, they're also the people who first probably settled in Sicily um, and Syracuse, is all Phoenician ports. So these guys are great naval uh, power. They also, aren't they like the people accredited towards like creating the like Roman language or well, alphabet, the alphabet or something? We, use the the, alphabet. we still use the um, Arabic alphabet, which, or no, the Phoenician alphabet, I think. Mm -hmm. we, we use the Phoenician alphabet. Right. Um, with like slight modifications, basically. Hmm. Um, and they yeah, were one so every time you had to every time you had to draw like a like a cursive F, you can thank those guys. Yeah, yeah. They were um, one of the first civilizations to like have um, an alphabet instead of like symbols for, for each word, word? For writing system. They were one of the first to have an wow. alphabet to make words. Only the smartest of nations have that. Yeah. And this is like 3,000 years before Alexander shows up. But still, that's, that's how long this city has been here. That's how long they've been doing books. Yeah. Tom, there's actually a, uh, a crazy, um, you know, conspiratorial thing that the Phoenicians were actually Incans. Or the, the Incans were Incans actually were Phoenicians. Phoenicians. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I could see where that conspiracy come from. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough about the Incans or the Mayans. More I'd... just that their boats made it there. Yeah. Huh. And the masonry connects it because aliens lifted their yeah, boats this, up. This is also part of them. like the lost tribes of the Israelites that yeah. like the, the Native Americans were actually the lost tribe of Israel because they were Phoenicians that sailed to the New World. This is all making a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yes, because this is Mormonism. Yep. <laughs> I also just found out recently I had a lot of egg on my face. I thought that those pyramids and stuff down in South America were the Mayans and Aztecs and stuff, but they weren't. You didn't. You don't know this. They were. No, they? they weren't. When those civilizations occupied that, those like oh, well, they the were Aztecs, there already. Yeah, but I thought the Mayans built them. No, none of those people did. Wow, what? We don't even have. We don't even know the civilizations that that like we know the ones that occupied it, like thousands of years later. But those were built before those civilizations. Wow. 
That's how fucked up that place is. Let's go back to pre-Columbia America. Yeah. So as soon yeah. as you go, oh, the Mayans and Aztecs, look how cool they are. They're not that cool. No, they just the found a cool place to live. We're just really good fighters. <laughs> that's, and they that's like, all the Aztecs. They're like playing <laughs> fucking basketball. And, yeah. And... They had sick basketball games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So, out so he, he's conquered the Phoenicians, who are actually the people that built the pyramids. Well, no, he hasn't conquered about. them yet. Thank he's, you. He's marching, he's marching on to them. That's like his goal. And remember, okay. we, uh, the Persian Empire was very decentralized. It was all run by these satraps or the governors. So while Alexander's moving through here, some of these cities are just like surrendering directly to him. Others are kind of trying to play a neutral role, and others are still loyal to uh, Darius and are actively resisting. Tyre is trying to thread this line of neutrality. Um, so Alexander arrives on the mainland off the coast from Tyre, um, stations his army there, and they start exchanging messages about, like, what's going to, what are we doing here? Um, the city, you know, they're sending him some supplies. They offer him tokens of friendship, and he goes, Great. Uh, I'd like to see the two famous temples that you have in the city. So why don't you let me in? And they say no. He's, They're he's like, like, no, 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 we don't want to piss off Darius or the Persian Navy. So, no, you can't come in. Dude, I came all this way just to go through those two golden arches you have. Just give yeah. me a fucking McGriddle, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you mean you stop serving breakfast? Like- wow. But that must be like, you know, if I was Alex, which I'm not, I'd be rather confused. <laughs> oh, he was. They're like, wait, you just gave me a bunch of goats and, yeah. Yeah. and grapes and, and cornucopias. Why don't you let me into your city? And they yeah. say no. <laughs> so. Alex responds with a, uh, a letter that states, quote, I will either enter your city or storm it. And the leaders of Tyre kind of laugh at his bravado. They're like, what the fuck are you going to do? We're on an island. We have a strong navy of our own. And now that you're pissing us off, we've sent letters to the Persians. We're going to support them. And their whole navy is going to come here to protect us. Um, so what, what is Alexander going to do? How do, you, how do you continue to fight an island city when you have no navy? I don't know, man. No means no. Do you uh, get some floaties? Uh, kind of. <laughs> Alexander instead says, well, how do you fight an island fortress? Well, you just turn it into a peninsula. Oh, damn. The Tyrians wake up one morning. They look across the causeway to see what's going on in the Macedonian camp. And they see this giant works project of a mole that's like the a pier type of thing. Uh-huh. Just creeping its way across the ocean as oh, Alexander that's... fills in the sea to br- build a land bridge to the city of Tyre. Yo, that's this nuts. guy is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's doing exactly what China's doing right now, where they're just building random islands. Yeah, uh, build a land bridge to Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, but the Chinese, they're doing it because they are. They're just bored. like Alexander yeah. the Great. Yeah. They're great. They just want to see the temples that's on Taiwan. That's all. Yeah. Uh, just want to see these. Yeah. This, uh, this mole or causeway is 200, 200 feet wide. Uh, it makes like a pretty good progress every day. Again, slave labor. You can do incredible things when you got slaves working for you. Amen. Um, now, now, I mean, I'm assuming that if you build a peninsula, this is something that will be there like until nowadays like do we is there do you know if there's archaeological evidence save this for the end of the section of tire but i'll just say it right now tire has been since this moment a peninsula off 
jutting out from Syria. Amazing. Damn. Leb- from Lebanon. Yeah. It is no it has not been an island since Alexander the Great came knocking. Have they have they been able to verify that that's not Oh yeah, natural? no, they found they found it. Like oh, they wow. found like, oh yeah, this is filled in and then just silt deposits just built up until the modern city is built on the causeway, basically. Oh my that's god. That's so sick. Yeah. Um it was like I said, two hundred feet wide. Um, as it made its way further out into the ocean, they needed to protect it, so they built um, the largest siege towers ever built in history up till that point. So these are like six stories made out of wood and leather, and that's it, um, with like catapults on the top and like archer slits to protect it from the navy that was going to be harassing them. So you have this awesome like siege going on of like Alexander's building a peninsula out to the city. The city responds um, with some pretty cool solutions. They've got arrows and catapults firing from the city and from the naval ships that are now supporting them. They also come up with flame ships. So they'll like rig a ship to just sail directly into the causeway, load it full of ex- uh, like flammable materials, light it on fire, and send it on its way. Did they have Greek fire at the time? No, that's, that's later. But they had some sort of, like, not explosives, but... If it burned like the highly right way, it would blow up, but yeah, like right. in a in a fire explosion, not like a explosive power. Right. So those those fire ships, like literally, that's a tactic that literally existed. I don't know until like the eighteen hundreds, or yeah. even probably after that. I mean, I'm sure you could just play I mean, battle. The, you could play the battlefields. Japanese use kamikaze yeah. submarines, which are <laughs> yeah. basically the same principle. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean yeah, that whole that whole idea of just drifting a ship on fire, like you see that just happened over and over and over again throughout yeah. history it's crazy it's uh yeah it's called arts and crafts torpedoes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so when the when the f- flame ships are getting sailed into the causeway uh one of the towers actually gets destroyed during one of this but alexander has his own little countermeasures never forget so, that tower never forget yeah, it never forget they rebuilt it <laughs> oh, oh really it, was called it called the, the freedom called the freedom tower. <laughs> okay yeah, cool. the great uh, freedom tower yeah um, he responded with floating battering rams where like three ships would just lash together. They would use the masts from two of them to just batter into the walls from the ocean. So it'd like kind of provide some ballast. They'd also have catapults and like massive crossbows on top of these ships to like fight off the defenders, I guess. Uh, finally, though, the causeway or mole reaches the city of Tyre. So now it's on the island. Um, the defenders don't just let that happen. They have, have their own countermeasures. They're throwing barrels of burning hot sand on top of the Macedonians that are trying to cross. Pocket sand. Yeah, pocket <laughs> sand. Uh, they got burning pitch, which is just like a really flammable substance that you just light on fire and toss out of a barrel, basically. It's gnarly shit. Ancient sieges are awful. Damn, dude. Stuff. Yeah, that's got to be a hell of a way to die. Yeah. Because it probably takes forever. Oh, this is a seven-month-long siege. Ooh, yeah. Imagine um, he, just imagine getting all the way to the end. You're building. You're building a fucking earth. You're minecrafting, like in the ancient world, and then you just get hit in the face by burning hot sand, and you're dead. Yeah, and, <laughs> and die slowly. Yeah, yeah. Like over over the course of the night, after your friends have retreated back. Yeah, you just got festering blisters all over your face from this yeah. hot sand. You're covered in salt water. Yeah. Your neck is just split in half. You're gasping. And you, 
your eyes are rolling in the back of your head. You're starving. You can't feel anything. Yeah. You're cold, but your body is just blistered and boiling. So the, the surface and the last words you you say is, "This is great. <laughs> this is sick. <laughs> this is so great. Great Maybe job." Talk about me thousands of years from now. <laughs> yeah, this guy. I love that guy. Yeah. So this is all going on, and obviously, like sieges are just awful, awful business for both the defender and the attacker. Uh, but Alexander gets a stroke of luck. Um, all this time during the siege, he had been sending detachments to various smaller cities north and south of Tyre, and they've kind of been surrendering one by one, and so he's been slowly building up that navy again. Okay. And Tyre doesn't know that this is happening. So another kind of like morning shock comes when they look out to see and see that Alexander now has a fleet of like 300 triremes, and that's, that's no good. No. Mm. No bueno. Um, no bueno when the sailboats are coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as I said, it takes seven months. Finally, the defenses are overwhelmed. Uh, a section of the wall comes crashing down due to those, like, floating battering rams that they've got going. And um, Alexander's fleet is able to blockade the two harbors that are on the island. And oh. so the ships can't get in or out. What was, and what, then, what was the name of Alexander's best friend? Oh, Hephaestion. Hephaestion. Do you think that he got the idea of these floating battering rams from something Hephaestion first coined, that it's, it's not size that matters, it's the motion of the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> and Alexander's like, oh, surprised. that's a great idea. Good idea, Hephaestion. Now oil up them thighs. Mm, this gives me an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Let us dock while I think about their docks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oops. So finally, they overwhelm the defenses of Tyre. Um, the Macedonians and the Hellenes pour in from the mole and from the ships, uh, slaughter thousands in their wake. And even after the initial frenzied fighting, because every time a siege ends in the ancient war period, the initial like sacking of the city is always brutal because the attackers are just so frenzied from finally achieving victory it's like um it's what people emulate in sports games i mean yeah. every time la something happens in la the whole place goes on fire yeah, yeah. and that's just over sports so imagine that if it's like uh, yeah it's like seven months of blue balls and this is your release yeah, like, yeah. you're gonna be raping quite you're gonna be, quite you're literally. Gonna be doing literally <laughs> a lot of rape yeah. yeah it's not even a joke it's just sad uh, things, I suppose. Yeah, and it's going to get worse, because even after this initial slaughter, um, Alexander orders that 2,000 more defenders are going to be crucified, which is not just something that happened to Jesus. Crucifixion's like the worst execution that... Not what the worst. It's one of the worst executions it, humans have come up with. It's one of the norms, though. Like, it's, you know, yeah. it's a norm, yeah. yeah. It was the I, common thing to do to slaves who rebelled. I, which I, is it, crazy, because there's a lot of work. Like, Why oh, would you yeah. want to put that much work well, into... Well, no, usually you don't... Um, do the nails that was special for Jesus yeah not for some, Jesus. special for certain criminals mm -hmm. normally you were just tied up and I actually heard once that the most common cause of death from crucifixion was drowning because the way you're hung it would cause fluid to just build in your lungs and you just choke to death on the fluid in your lungs oh yeah yeah, so it's, either, it's either exposure or drowning like that. It's Ooh. funny because, like, you know, growing up Christian and uh, 
You always think that crucifixion was like just specific to Jesus. Like that's the first time these guys ever did this. Yeah. No. <clears throat> but no. Romans love doing it. it yeah, the Romans really- the Romans actually invented the telephone pole whenever they moved into <laughs> a new city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, it would have been pretty funny for the uh, Catholic and uh Christian religions had de- Jesus like died in a car crash or something. No, what if he was just like hung and it, it was just, just like a gibbet and like a body hung yeah. it? Like that's what everyone prayed it's to. It's pretty I morbid. Like to, I would yeah. like to imagine just like a guy spilling out of like the front windshield of a Volkswagen <laughs> holding Beetle. A, holding a, yeah. a battery yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was drinking driving, but he sure was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let us pray. Yeah, Jesus blowing like a you know on the on the <laughs> breath of alcohol. Yep. Yeah, the Greeks are all about crucifying, just like the Romans were. Yep. Um, and they also they do the crucifixions, and then all the women and children of Tyre sold into slavery. Slaves, dogs, s- standard business. Yep. Um, as I said, that mole was so massive that it couldn't be removed. Um, so no one bothered to ever remove it, and that's why the city of Tyre. Is a peninsula. Go look at it on a map today. Sick. It's like a nice little fat chode now because of how much it's built up. And then the actual city, the ancient city, is actually kind of sunk under the waves. So now, like, the peninsula is, like, kind of all that's remaining of the city. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so, like, modern Tyre is more on the mainland than ancient Tyre was. That's so cool. It's cool. I you, love... It's, I think on the Wikipedia page, you can see, like, a picture of, like, this is the mole. That's so cool. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love, especially in those Mediterranean, you know, that area. So you're saying that tire's on the mainland or it's sunken? Tire's on the main, connected to the mainland. Oh, okay. Now, but like parts of the old city have sunk below the waves at this point. Uh, so something's always fascinated me about underwater archaeology. You yeah. know, I just think it's so cool. These guys sitting there and they're, they're scuba gear and they're sucking. There's. <laughs> Right off the ocean floor, right? <laughs> that was a great noise. Yeah. That sounded exactly like the scuba sound. Yeah. And they're just sucking all that sand and silt up. <laughs> that's uh, that's got to be fun. Like, Alex, those- I mean, you're living on beaches in the Mediterranean for your job. That's pretty yeah. sweet. Like, <laughs> a- like Alexandria. That's the yeah. sunken city. Alexandria. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know, these are countries like England and Italy who are funding these expeditions and stuff like that we don't do that in america no Mm-mm. we don't have anything old enough well in america well, no. and no in america we see a historic building and we're like that looks great i'm gonna put a target right there let me knock that shit down not even record run an interstate right through it <laughs> yeah bro they did that here in town with the old town hall oh yeah just, it's terrible it's horrible it's a holiday or a hampton's inn Ugh, yeah, gross. Yeah, that um, guy, that guy that owns that property owns, I think, eight thousand properties on Long Island. He's a fucking slumlord. Fuck. That oh, dude. that guy. Great. Yeah. yeah. Fuck <laughs> that guy. Alexander would kill that guy. He'd probably crucify him. Yeah. Or he would think he was great too, because uh, that's a lot of that's rich. Uh, no, so he'd probably I, kill him. Oh, yeah, okay. I think this then, guy, then take over. <laughs> I think that guy owns a lot of wood. So maybe we should keep moving. Yeah. Continue. So Alexander follows up this performance entire with uh, a few more sieges, uh, the most notable being the siege of Gaza, the city, not the land strip. Mm. Um, this one, instead of building a mole, they build uh, a hill onto the, um, f- into the fortress because the fortress is in like a mountain. So they like build a fucking huge ass ramp up to it. They just get slaves packing dirt next pack to and dirt. Yep. Wow. Sick. Um, mm. Alexander, during the siege, is actually wounded by a catapult bolt. So, like, think um, those, like, big crossbow-type 
torsion cat. I'm forgetting the name for them. Oh, what is it? Trebuchets? No. No. That's the only thing I know. I can't remember their name, but they're they're a giant crossbow. Oh, this is going to bother me. Yeah. Do I need to pause for research? Yeah, I think we need to look this up. Ballistas. Ballistas. A big That's ballista. It. Yeah. Yeah. So he got hit by a ballista bolt through his shoulder, um, but kept fighting the whole time. Wait, but he and, still had a shoulder? That's a yeah, massive I know. projectile. <laughs> yeah. And he's, it went through his breastplate, and he's like, fuck it, I'm going to keep fighting. Oh, um, right. For a while, they were worried that he might lose his arm. Um, well, maybe it was, it was just a crossbow, and they said it was a ballista. They yeah. can't lie in the ancient history, Tom. We all This is all true. It's <laughs> all true, dude. Yep. I love history for that reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially when Ginko uh, came down from his ship and told Alexander how to use an M- M19. Yeah, that's actually, an, uh, they didn't know what to call it in the ancient sources. They just called it a sword, but he actually had an uh, AR-15. Are you telling me this guy was blasting off in everyone's face like that? Yeah, that's yeah. why he was able to win so many battles. This yeah. is another he reason to call the elephants. So great. <laughs> so great. Yeah. So great. Uh, so now uh, the Levant is secure. He can continue into Egypt, which is um, important both because it means that the Persian navy is completely cut off from doing anything and uh, all the grain supplies from Egypt. Egypt is like the breadbasket of the entire Mediterranean at this time. Yeah, it wasn't always sand. Keep right. that in mind. No. I think we mentioned, I think in the first episode, this is pre-1999 mummy. So there yes. was yeah. there was yes. beautiful lots of lots of lush yeah. um, irrigation. Channels. Brendan came through. Brendan Fraser came through. It was just sand after that. Yeah. We just sucked it all up. Yeah. yeah. Also nice for Alexander is that the people of Egypt fucking hated the Persians almost as much as the Hellenic people of Greece did. Is that like the Middle East? Uh, like was that the China Japanese at the time where it's like. It's kind of all that. It's like the Persians were a small tribal people who took over this big empire. Mm. And so some of the people in the empire liked them because the Persians treated them well. And then the people in the empire who had their own like historical past always hated them. Gotcha. So like Egypt hated them. The Babylonians hated them. So, um, so it kind of sounds so like that's why the Greeks hated them. Kind of sounds mm. like Russia where like the USSR kinda. was like all over the fuck everywhere. Yeah, and then like some people are like, yeah, I would love to be part of the USR, and like, yeah, Russia, and other people are like, yeah, fuck those dudes. Yeah, uh, like, we want independence. I will. I'll say maybe just to bring this home, maybe a little more domestic analogy: Ace Hardware stores. <laughs> yeah, and Harbor Freight, the new Challenger. Yeah. yeah, dude, I went to a Harbor Freight recently. Not going back. That place was a fucking nightmare, dude. Mm-hmm. All right, those are the best tools around. They work once, <laughs> <laughs> single use. Yeah. So Alex is quick to exploit this hatred. He knows he'll be um, respected in Egypt as long as he shows respect to them as well. Um, He's welcomed into the city of Memphis, um, the ancient Egyptian capital and home to the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid. (laughs) (laughs) The tallest pyramid in the world, right? Isn't that right? I think it is. It's up there. No, it's it's the the North Korean hotel. Yeah, the the North Korean hotel, then the Bass Pro... (laughs) Yeah, then the Bass Pro Shops in Memphis, and then the actual Pyramid of Giza. Yeah. What are, wait, what's the one? The Villaggio. Isn't that one bigger? That's up there. I That's don't know up if there it's too. actually bigger. The Bass Pro Shops, I think, is bigger. Though. I would hope so. Yeah. I am like, look, I don't have a great like relationship with North Korea. I don't know about you, but 
Now I'm mad. Now you're mad. Now I'm mad yeah. that they're taking that away gotta, from a Bass Pro Shop. Now fucking the Bass now, Pro Shop. Yeah, yeah, Dick's has to step it up. They have to build a taller pyramid. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> it's a dick. dick pyramid. Um. So yeah, he's welcomed into Memphis. Uh, everyone's like, this guy's great. He threw out the Persians. Um, he does a lot of sacred rituals, uh, including sacrificing the great Apis bull, which is like, it, the Apis bull is this cool thing that Egypt has kind of always done at that point, where they had a bull that they worshipped as a god, and so this bull got to do whatever the fuck it wanted. It lived like a life of paradise, it constantly was eating and fucking all the cows that it wanted. And then whenever it died, they would look for signs that the Apis bull had been reborn among his brood of the harem of cows that he kept. Okay. And then every time they're like, oh, there's the new Apis bull. Let's raise him up and treat him like a god. All right, so it's basically like the Dalai Lama, but of bulls. It's like the wealthiest person in Memphis was this bull. <laughs> That's cool. I thought it was going to be funnier, uh, like, they let him live this life, and then, like, when he's getting old and sick, they just, like, push him off a cliff. Well, then, I don't know. That's if they the Vikings. They might That's have the sacrificed Norse. him, but the, there's a big, like, hullabaloo of well, they sacrificed him, like, officially, so I guess they didn't let him live out his life, but he would still be sacrificed in, like, a nice way. Like, cool way, like, every four years. They'd yeah. be like, this is for leap year, everyone. Part of the reason the Persians hated, or everyone hated the Persians there was, um, there's reports that, I forget which Persian king it was, I think it was Darius the First. When he showed up, he just had the bull slaughtered, because he's <sighs> like, I'm God now. Fucking rude, yeah. man. Fuck mm. These yeah. Darius fellas, not yeah, very nice. No good. No. So Alexander uh, goes a step further. The the priests hail him as a pharaoh, and he is given the throne name Setep and Ra Mer Amun, which means chosen by Ra and beloved of Amun. Um, there he's are, got there are Egyptian hieroglyphics of Alexander as pharaoh. Dude, he's got Ra and Amun on his side, dude. Those are yeah. like the two biggest uh, OG, you know, Egyptian gods. Yeah. Amun. Is like the closest thing to their Jeebus. Mm-hmm. Get that almond milk, you know? Yeah, get some of that yeah. almond stuff. Now, we've talked about uh, Alexander's religious beliefs and how he kind of thinks he might have a divine parentage. Um, but they're about to get kicked up a notch. I mean, being Pharaoh, that's already a step between the mortal men and the gods. Yeah. So now he's being hailed as basically a demigod by the people of Egypt. Um, so that kind of gets him thinking like you know maybe i should re-explore my my maybe i should do d uh ancestry.com see if uh zeus is my dad <laughs> yeah time for me to spit into this fucking yeah. <laughs> pita bread and send it off to to jerome over here <laughs> yeah let's see if 23 and me is like you are 70 percent god uh 22 percent macedonian <laughs> <laughs> and eight percent native american indian <laughs> and we know exactly what you're looking for on amazon yeah <laughs> And now we have your DNA. Uh, please ignore the clones. Uh, so ancient and modern scholars are still divided. Like, all right, is Alexander genuinely believing he is the son of God or is he presenting himself as the son of God because it's politically expedient? We'll never know. I like to pretend that he kind of thought it because a lot of his future actions only really make sense if he thinks he's... Maybe not immortal, but close to it. Hear me out. What if he... What if he's like Tommy from Goodfellas? Where he just... He's like throwing his balls around all the time. 
and no one is, has like the balls to stop. Exactly, and he's just <laughs> yeah. flying through, and he knows he's not a fucking god, but he's like, "Give me that boa! I'm gonna walk around the streets here slapping camels' asses. If anyone looks at me weird, I'm gonna spit yeah. at you." What do you think? I'll what do you think? Throw I'm a god? your kid in the think garbage. I'm divine like a god? Yeah. What, what do you mean? What I do you mean divine like a god? Yeah. yeah, I'm a fucking god. You know, yes, I am a fucking god. Why don't you go shine my shoes? What are you do- what are you doing now? You're on lunch break? Okay, I'm gonna kill you now. Okay? Yeah. So you might want to tell your boss you're not coming back to work. All right. <laughs> I like So that. this That's is also a like a clash of gods, too, because right? Like well, uh Darius not- the third thinks he's a god, right? Uh no. The the Persian kings never really said they were gods um it was always like we are first among men so like oh it's like we are the intermediary but we are mortal men that are the <laughs> intermediaries between god and the people kind of like right. we own the no we own the most nightclubs yeah right. <laughs> we have the so, best hookah lounges yes <laughs> i was thinking like uh you know we have so uh, many smoke shops it's always double parked in front of our house yeah, come by our you- kratom <laughs> Yeah, the people you give communion to, they're like, I need to get so close to God by being inside of this young boy. Yeah, exactly. It's like an antenna for God. (laughs) So Alexander's in Egypt, and um, while he's there, he's like, you know, I've been thinking about this parentage stuff. I want some clear answers. Where do you go for clear answers when there's no Ask Jeeves? Well, you go ask an oracle. So he sets out for the oracle of Zeus Ammon, which is a... Greek Egyptian hybrid god of Zeus and Amon Ra. I'm gonna say that's uh Yeah. It's like the, it had been in practice for like hundreds of years at this point, so it was like a weird mix of the two mm. gods, basically. Which cause like ancient religion is very much way less dogmatic than modern religion. So you can yeah. kind of always pick and choose beliefs from different deities. Well, well, well even, because, even because there was some smart asses yeah, going no, exactly. like, well, that's not in the book. Yeah. That's not in the lore. Well, yeah. That's not canon. <laughs> yeah, that's not well, canon. I mean, even even the modern religion of Christianity or Muslim or Islam or Judaism, like that's also an amalgamation of like so much lore. Yeah, like, uh, all that I mean, shit comes Christianity from like, Zoroastrianism. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it all comes from different shit. They just pick and chose like a fucking Chinese buffet. Yeah, like yeah, yeah I, I want hot dogs. I want ice cream. I want sushi. All on my same plate, Look, dude. You could say and what that you man want. is Jeebus, dude. You could say whatever you want about the. Uh, the Christians and the Muslims, but leave the Jews out of it, man. Yeah. They've done nothing wrong. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So this oracle uh, was at the Siwa Oasis, which is an oasis that's still around today, um, deep, deep in the Egyptian desert. So far from the Nile, far from the coast. I'm sorry, Connor. That c- Tom, that cut deep. I want my PP back. I want part of my PP back. Please. Shut up. God's keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> Now, at one point, uh, we know that the party got lost and was running low on supplies and was in danger of either having to turn back or die in the desert. Um, The most common account of how they found their way is that they followed a pair of crows that were flying. Uh, They were about to turn back, and they saw these crows flying deeper into the desert, and they say they must be going to the oasis, follow the crows, get there. Hmm. I like the other story that we don't have the full account for. So as we said, there's only like six ancient sources that all this is based on and those six are basing it off ancient sources that are lost to us one of those sources that is lost to us is in someone who interviewed ptolemy who becomes the ptolemy king ptolemy um, who founds the ptolemaic kingdom that's where cleopatra she's a ptolemaic dynasty person anyway Hmm. future king of egypt ptolemy who is alexander's best buddy is on this journey so he 
is interviewing with this historian, and this historian's like, hey, how did you find the way through the Oasis? And the historian makes sure to note that, remember, guys, kings never lie because they're kings. So we can trust Ptolemy's word as 100% accurate. God, I love Absolutely. the truth. Ptolemy says that they met two talking snakes, they chatted them up, and the snakes led them to the Oasis. Well, Dude. look, maybe maybe there's some holes in the story. Well, he's a king. He can't I, lie. I probably would have split the diff. I would have been like, we were walking through the desert, and we were really losing hope. We were about to turn back, but then we ran into the band P.O.D., mm. and they were shooting a music <laughs> video, and we asked to borrow some of their quads, so we rode off on quads while they played alive behind us. It was sick. Yeah. Dude, that's pretty sick. That is definitely how it happened. Yeah. So uh, when they get there, uh, yeah. they have they yeah, can hang out there. They get all their food and supplies, and Alexander goes to the Oracle, and he asks three questions. First... Is Zeus my father? Answer, yes. Second, of course. Will I conquer the world? Answer, yes. Oh man. And third, have my father's killers been punished? Answer, yes. Now that last one's a little weird because he had just asked, "Is Zeus my dad?" And they said, "Yeah." So now he's asking, "Has my father's killers been punished? Why is he assuming Philip is still his father?" So that's kind of feeds into the whole: Did he think he was actually God, or is this more? Some scholars are like, oh, was he guilty? Like, it was his guilt mm. that was riding on his conscience because he was one of the killers of Philip? So by hearing that all the killers were punished, he knew, oh, he's not my dad? Or it's a whole thing. Weird. Yeah. You said Zeus? I, I thought you said Bruce. Yeah, yeah Bruce, when <laughs> Bruce he died, dad. when he died, they got those yeah. guys. But uh, got him. from this point forward, Alexander would refer to himself as the son of Zeus Ammon. Um, but he would still keep Philip as his father as well. So whenever it was convenient to talk, say Philip was his dad, he'd say Philip is my dad. And whenever it was convenient to say Zeus Amon is my father, he'd say that. Shout out to uh, it's kind of like Jesus with like Joseph and God. Yeah, shout out to gay marriage. <laughs> yeah, shout That's out. Just tight. <laughs> no, well, hold on. So like, this is when the aliens got him though, because like we're talking about Egyptian gods, dude. Yeah, I've seen Stargate. It, it's little worms that go into people's body. And they turn them, this little symbiote boys. Uh! <laughs> is that Star Trek? No, that's not Star Trek. This is a better show. Stargate. Mm. All right, well, that's fine. Yeah. So he leaves the Oasis. Um, he All heads right. back to the Egyptian coast. And while he's there, he sees uh, a good spot for a harbor. And he says, hey, let's build a city there. And he's so excited to build the city that he just starts laying out the streets um, using grain like to like build a little diorama. Nice. Like in a shoebox, kind of. Um, and everyone's like, all right, I guess we'll build the city here. And thus, the city of Alexandria was founded. No shit. Yeah. That yeah. easy, eh? Yeah, that easy. I, th- I thought you meant like he was laying out grain, like we're going to do, here's a, the, the, the traffic circle, and he's just walking around the whole city. Well, no, that's kind of what he was doing. And the camel was behind him eating the grain. He's yeah. just like, my city! Ah, you just ate the Western Quarter! Wait, so, so Connor, because Alexandria is now underwater, does that mean that there's going to be this whole fake story and some future podcast is going to do five episodes on Miami the Great? Because that's going to be underwater as well. Probably, yeah. Okay. It'll be um, Pitbull. Pitbull was Miami the Great. Uh, Mr. Worldwide founded the city of Miami. Uh, when he was sent on that arduous journey to Alaska to the to play the show that that 4chan predicted. That yeah, he, after learning that his father was God. If 
Pitbull designed a city, I would visit it. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'd be there. You'd have to wear khaki or white. See, here's the thing. I like a lot of things about Pitbull, just not his music. I'd love to have a drink with that guy. Mm -hmm. He looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. uh, The music is god-awful, but everything else seems right. I want to play craps with him and huff gasoline out of a brown bag. <laughs> you could do that because I don't think he discriminates. I think he's the kind of guy who will spend, you know, uh, $3,000 a night for a nice hotel room and then in the same night go to that 7-Eleven parking lot and buy a roll of scratch-off tickets and give them to the homeless. Yeah. And, and yeah. buy them. We're Mountain doing whippets. Yeah, do whippets. Do whippets. Get fucked up and eat glue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's some high class shit, dude. And we're doing it in tuxes. All, yeah, all we're, velvet we're tuxes. A limousine. Yeah, velvet tuxes, the back of a limousine, huffing gas, eating glue. Yeah. Mr. Pipple, why are you wearing sunglasses at night? Because my eyes are eternal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I am the uh, Miami of the Great. Yes, if you stare into my eyes, you will fall into a endless hole, a wormhole, if you would, dividing time into several subsections you could never. Are you going to eat these Takis? <laughs> uh, wait, so are you telling me, Connor, that in the future there's going to be like Connor 3.0 who's like, you know what? Florida was once an island. <laughs> and then people came through they and built, a built swamp causeway all the way to Miami. They, even did a, yeah. uh, they made a park on it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a mouse that helped build it. We can only hope. We can only hope. I hope so. I hope the future has a lot of lying in it. (laughs) It will. (laughs) Um, So after founding the city of Alexandria, um, it has been now three years since Alexander had arrived in Asia and had basically become king. He was basically Asian. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's finally ready to put an end to this. It's time to go find Darius and the army that he's been gathering in Babylon. The largest city in the world at the time. Yeah, so so our boy D- Darius is he just he he knows what's going on. He's oh just yeah, they're like, all aware. Yeah. Like it's kind of like he fled Issus and was like, all right, we need to build a bigger army. We need to now we know what we're facing. Um, and again, one sword blow could end all of this if we can just kill Alexander. Question: You keep saying Issus. Yeah, is this spelled like? The other, the... I-S-S-U-S. Oh, right. I think I asked you this last time. I think so, too. <laughs> and then, yeah, well, I had drinks yeah. then. Um, <clears throat> but I was just wondering, you know, I was wondering if you it were using that. It was in Syria, so I understand your confusion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I, I want to, you know, I want to thank you if you were using that pronunciation so we didn't get, like, some kind of strike <laughs> online. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's in, Thrice is back in Babylon, gathering up his forces from all across the arm, uh, the empire. Uh, this new army would be much better trained than the last one. Um, these were elite infantry units from the Persian Highlands. It was Darius's personal guard. Cavalry from as far away as Bactria, which is modern-day Afghanistan, and Scythia, which is modern-day Kazakhstan. Um, Very nice. He had war elephants, um, but they won't um, be used in this battle. Um, Kind of, they're like there, but then none of the sources mention them during the conflict, so it seems like they weren't actually used. I hear they are a very overrated uh, siege super, animal. Super, or, or just super overrated. They are yeah. really good if it's an army that has never before seen an elephant. Yeah, I think oh, uh, that's I was, it. I was listening. I think I might have been listening to the Cauldron podcast. Shout out to them and Colin, great dude. And he was saying that like the only reason why. 
uh, Hannibal, it, it was like so impressive that he had elephants was because he brought them over the Alps. Yeah. And then they, you know, most of them died. That, they were like, okay. Most of them died yeah. in the Alps or then <laughs> yeah. like didn't. And yeah, there's only like a few cases in history where an elephant, like war elephants actually swung the battle. When they really nailed it. And usually yeah. it's actually when they just go on a rampage and just kill everyone in both armies. I have heard, yeah. yeah, I have heard that often elephants used in scenarios like this, they would kill more of their own men. Yeah. The than... big thing was if, if, like I said, if the opposing army had never seen elephants before, but really not just the opposing army, it was the if the opposing horses were not used to elephants. Oh, yeah. So like the, imagine a cavalry charged and then the horses all just get scared of the elephant. Yeah. So that's kind of like their only purpose. Dude, you got to bring a mouse with you. Yeah. Um, you gotta. You do. You gotta <laughs> throw throw yeah. myself throw yeah. mice over there. <laughs> you just had to have the whole army drop acid like in Dumbo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we will we're, eventually we're get movie. to a battle where there are elephants that do have an effect, but again, they're overrated. So marching to his destiny, Alexander leaves Egypt, heads north along the coastline again. Um, he's hugging that supply line, and now he's ready to strike out across the desert due east towards the Euphrates River. Now, Darius had expected him to start to head south and maybe make straight for Babylon. Instead, Alexander keeps to this northern route. Um, he's making such fast speed that he actually crosses the Tigris River before the Persians can like cut off his approach. They wanted to do like a scorched earth policy because mm. now he's so far from his supply lines that he's just raiding the land. Um, but it doesn't work. Alexander is now firmly camped. Um, Northeast of modern-day Mosul, Iraq, on the eastern border of or the eastern side of the Tigris River. On the night of September twentieth, three thirty-one BC, and we're about to get really specific with dates for this reason. A total lunar eclipse occurs over the entire region. So one night, the entire moon is just this deep blood-red color. Um, the Macedonians themselves are kind of shocked. They don't have the astronomers that the Persians do. They're like, what's going on? This is a harbinger from the gods. And Alexander goes, no, 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 no. This is a sign from the gods that we are about to be victorious. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Now the Persian astronomers who knew that the eclipse was coming when the priests did the reading of what this eclipse meant, they had this prediction quote, an intruder will come with the princes of the West. For eight years, he will exercise kingship. He will conquer the enemy army. There will be abundance and riches on his path. He will continually pursue his enemies, and his luck will not run out. End quote. So they so kind of uh, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty good. I mean, dude, I've never been a big fan of uh, horoscopes, but let me tell you, Aries, bitches. Mm. Aren't you an Aries? Yeah, I'm a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. As, I'm a bad bitch. As also someone who cares not for these horoscopes, because I'm not a woman, uh, I'm an Aries, and I'm going to be offended. Well, I'm going to identify as a woman for a couple minutes here, and I'm going to say, what the fuck? Tom, if you identified as a woman, you know the power of a bad bitch. Right, I'm kind of tired of this. Yeah. You're like a Lizzo. I am no longer a boss girl. I am just Tom now, and I don't <laughs> care what you say about Aries. So four days after the eclipse, um, the first reports start coming in from the Macedonian scouts. They had found their quarry. The great Persian host led by Darius III was camped nearby at a small town called Gaugamela, which translates to the House of the Camel. 
flavor Dude, country. Yeah. Camels are one of my favorite creatures because they like to spit on people. They have that weird pouch that comes out of their fucking tongue. Mm-hmm. That's cool. They're beautiful creatures. Yeah, and I keep saying cavalry, um, mostly horses, but uh, there were lots of camel cavalry in the Persian army. I'd want one of those. Yeah. Me too. Now, Alexander is unusually cautious. You know, all the other battles, he found the army is like, great, we're fighting today. Start it up. Let's go, boys. Today, no. He allows the armies to just slowly creep closer. Um, Darius had already chosen this site to be the battlefield once he knew Alexander's movements. Because that's what ancient warfare you can kind of do. Depending on which army you are, you can kind of just be like, we want to fight them here, so we'll plant ourselves here. And they'll find us. And and wait, yeah, wait to come. Wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, right. Like, you're, you're up on a hill. How are you going to get me, dude? Yeah. You don't have fucking cruise missiles, you idiot. Yeah, you ain't got no guns. Was there any, like, um, <clears throat> maybe maybe this is a stretch, but some kind of face-off that never actually happened because two oh, armies would just, like, like, they'd shack up somewhere waiting for the other guy. Yeah. And then it never happened. Yeah, they, it all happened all the time. And not only that, but it happens once in this battle, but lots of ancient battles, they would camp out, leave their camp, and like walk to the battlefield, arrange themselves in battle formation, like all the right, and then just stand there all day. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, we're not fighting today. Head on back to camp. Oh, God. And they would do that for like weeks on end. That's the kind Dude, of general I'd want to be. That was... Um, I wouldn't want to fight in that so, army. What was his name? Um... I'm, the guy that I first did, uh, the console that was Mario. Uh, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm blanking. Gaius, too. Gaius, Marius. Gaius, yeah, Gaius, yeah, Gaius Marius. Marius. Yeah. He once like played mind games with a barbarian army by constantly just lining up and never offering battle until they lost their minds and then charged him. And he's like, "Great, so, just gonna slaughter you." <laughs> That's so. This kind of this reminds me of. Uh, have you ever seen those videos on the Pakistan Indian border where they have those like march offs? Oh yeah. Yeah. Where they're just like, Bleh! and they like do all these fucking march maneuvers. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> People. Like one day we'll nuke each other and end the world. Yeah. <laughs> they, they probably the weakest nukes, those two countries. Tiny this little megatons. Spent- oh, no, 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 Tom. Our nukes are very, very good. First racism in a while. <laughs> Let me tell you, my nuke is very good. I could do a gnarly Indian accent. I just don't do it on the show. Choose not to. Choose not to. But I just, you got to imagine those guys. They're like, you know, who hits their wives better? Who is it? <laughs> Which of you is better at marrying your yeah. cousin? All right, so they're camped at opposite ends of this huge open plain. Darius makes one final bid for a peaceful solution. And this one's a little different than the last one. This time he offers him even more money, 30,000 talents of gold. I forget what the conversion rate is. He offers his daughter's hand in marriage to Alexander. He offers to send his own son to live as a ward in Pella, the Macedonian capital. Mm. And he also offers to adopt Alexander as his own son, thus making Alexander the heir to the Persian Empire. Three-way gay married. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, dude. that's a lot. Alexander refuses. Nope. Yeah. I want to fight it for all of it. Even for all that Bitcoin? All that Bitcoin. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. On September 30th, 331, uh, this is the first time the two armies actually line up in battle formation across from one another. And Alexander kind of gets a feel for what he's about to face. Uh, modern estimates range as high as 150,000 men in the Persian army. Um, it's probably more like 80 to 110,000. 
the ancient sources claim that there was a million men in the Persian army. <laughs> well, what do we know about the ancients? Yeah. They're downright retarded. Yeah. yeah. No matter how much it was, and again, I think like the 100,000 number is probably the good ballpark. This far outnumbers the Macedonian and the uh, Hellenic allies, who probably had around forty to 50,000 under Alexander. Just There's to put, a number 40,000. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Probably the most, the biggest number they know. And just oh. more 40,000s. Um, the Persian, they had 20,000 cavalry on each wing. So, so that's, like, that's, like, that's like half of 40,000 twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. They got a lot of 40,000s. Mm-hmm. Now, Darius had chosen this battle site well, as we mentioned. He not only had picked this because it was a wide open plain, he actually had been clearing the area of brush and trees for the last like week, basically. I don't want you any of you guys to get your skirts stuck in that bramble. Yeah. Ripping out you the brambles. No more yeah. tumbleweeds. I got to see you tumbling. None <laughs> yeah. of these weeds. Also, I, I why, want... would, why, why wouldn't you just... Uh... Park some guys up with bows and arrows behind those brushes. Perfectly good brush. Well, you'll see why he wanted a nice, clear, flat plane. So you want to shave it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shave yeah. clean. I need to shave this land down. And that is how Manscape started. <laughs> the brand. Yeah. Now, in all of Alex's battles up to this point, even the ones we haven't talked about that were too small, um, there was either a river or mountains, or a huge forest, or a coastline that Alexander could use as, like, the linchpin of his defensive line. So, like, coast is over there, so we'll put, like, the weaker forces there, and it can kind of just mitigate the numbers advantage that the enemy has. This time, it's just a big fucking open field. Mm. He's going to be surrounded, especially because he's outnumbered two to one. For any ancient army, that's a death sentence. Uh, Being outflanked on both sides is a guarantee that your army is going to get slaughtered. Hey, but Connor, guess what? This is the boy of Zeus. He's the great. He's the, the great. The great boy of Zeus. Yeah. And Amun. <laughs> I wondered, those guys in his army are like, this, this is not great, actually. Yeah, I, didn't mind bu- I didn't mind building a pier. There's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> you see how much hookah smoke is coming up? Oh, my brother got fucking hot sand in his face. <laughs> I hate this fucking dude. He is not great. He's a fucking miserable cunt. Can you tell Alex I want to call out sick for this fight? <laughs> uh, maybe I'll go uh, build another city for him. Yeah. How's that? Tell him, yeah. give, him, give him this bag of rice I'll, on me. I'll name it Alexandria. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Alexandria too. Alexandria well Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> um... So that afternoon on the 30th, uh, Alexander basically scouts up and down the Persian line trying to get a feel for what the plan is, what his own plan might be. Well, it's fucking hairy over there. Yeah. Um, that, at dusk, he gathers his advisors to have like a little council, war council, figure out what they should do. Some of them are urging him to pull back to the coastline because they're already stretched thin from their supplies. Um, another, others are saying we should wait, um, see if the Persians make a mistake and try to outmaneuver us and we can use it to our advantage. And then there's a small group that are like, no, attack them at night. They're not going to be prepared. Well, that's a good yeah, idea. The old, yeah. The old George Washington trick where you just cross the river, slit their throats in yeah. the middle of the night. Uh, while they're all drinking. <laughs> yeah. The problem was the Macedonians were the ones drinking. Mm-hmm. Alexander rejects all of these plans, especially the night plan. Um, in regards to that, he claims, quote, I will not steal my victory. Wow. No, so yeah. he had more balls than George. Yep. 
So he dismisses them all to their tents, and he's like, we'll figure it out tomorrow. All right? Get some sleep. Uh, no one knows what the next day will bring. Will it be battle? Will it be retreat? Or are we just going to sit around standing like we did today? Mm. So now it's the morning of October 1st. The army awakes, uh, starts filing out to the camp to prepare for battle like they had done the day before. Uh, but Alexander does not emerge from his tent. His generals continue to carry out the orders that he know, um, they know he would want carried out. But still no Alexander. Uh, breakfast is passed. Still no Alexander. They're getting worried about him. And everyone's too afraid to go into the tent. Right. Because they don't want to wake him up because he's the king. and It's a little taboo. They don't want to walk in and find that his nerves have cracked and he's lost his mind. And they don't want to walk in and find that he's died in his sleep, which would be awful. Or if, and then thigh fucking. Or if, well, yeah. no, if he's thigh fucking, they'd hear him and be like, oh, he's getting a little pumped. Oh, right. Yeah, there no. was no discretion back then. Yeah, it's a tent. Be, right. be, it's be, literally it's a tent. Scar! Ah! Scar! I'm just imagining Hephaestus or whatever his name is walking out, just wiping off his cheek. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he's awake. He's awake. Just give him a minute. Yeah, he's fine, yeah. dude. <laughs> he's rinsing. Uh, you might want to uh, get new eggs. Those are cold for him. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, Parmenian volunteers. He enters into the tent, and he finds Alexander snoozing like a newborn baby. Oh. Uh, he finally wakes up his king, and he says, you know, how can you sleep under such intense pressure? Like, you, you've overslept. What are we going to do? And Alexander responds with his carefree attitude, quote, why not? Don't you see we have already won the battle? We won't have to wander anymore around endless burnt-out plains chasing an enemy who never stands and fights. So Alexander meant to fight. Oh. oh yeah. All right. Sleeping in, dude. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is... I, I, I wish Mike was here. Yeah. I feel like he's channeling this guy. <laughs> right yeah. Now. Just, just like, whatever. That's the hard part. Sometimes getting to work is just sleeping at where you work. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to stay in and play CSGO. Yeah. Be a little late for work. <laughs> now, Darius, he'd been up early. He'd been planning his day. And he had learned the mistakes of Isis and Granicus. This is why he had chosen this wide open plain where the numbers would overwhelm the small Macedonian force. Mm. He had, like I said, those massive formations of cavalry on each wing, but he also had spread other cavalry throughout the line so that way they were flexible and able to like kind of find... Wherever Alexander charged, they could swoop in and stop. Um, he had heavy infantry made up of the Hellenic mercenaries in the center, doing like the hammer and anvil tactic that Alexander always liked to do. So he's countering that. Connor, do you, do you know? Did they have like a like a system of like horn calls or? Because um, I know throughout mix... history, there's always been kind of, I don't know, even in World War II, right, with like yeah. flash bang to see if you were, you know, a friendly in this period. Like, it's a mix of a few things. One is like everyone in the army should know the plan going into the battle. So it's like the okay. king will tell his advisors and then they, you know, divvy it down until everyone knows the general plan. There probably was horns and drums. I'm not sure. Definitely like flags and standards. Okay. That was a big part of it. Hmm. But really it was like, as long as the officers knew the plan, the rank and file soldier would just know like, I'm just following that flag because that flag is the represents the 150 man unit I'm in. So wherever that flag goes, I go. Oh. Right. So it doesn't it doesn't seem like a very flexible. No. Um, it never is. procedure. Like it was. It was like Alexander's like, yo, bro, you do this, you do this, you do this. There wasn't any like kind of on the fly thinking. Yeah. And he just... a big thing that a lot of historians 
um, will mention with Alexander is he always like told his commanders, Hey, you're on the ground. I can't command from one wing of the army to the other. So take the initiative. Whereas, oh, okay. Like, so he did of, do yeah, that. He did. Cause lots of other like Kings and generals in history would say like, no, you have to wait for orders from me. And then the other side of the army, which could be as far as like three miles away is like, well, we haven't gotten orders yet. So we just have to keep standing here. Alexander right. was much more like, no, do what feels right in the moment. Do what's good for you. Yeah. Okay. And he's and always like his buddies from high school. So he's like, I trust you guys. You know what? Fly yeah. the flag. Yeah. Everyone's, you know what? We usually have, everyone's got uh, their own color flags. Yeah. This this time of year, we're going to all have a Ukraine flag. Yeah. And <laughs> we're going to, we're going to fight. Yep. Okay. Greeks uh, for Ukraine. Yeah. Steve, that's a Swedish flag. Come on. You should know it's the same colors, different Different arrangements. Zones. It doesn't matter of yeah. following it because yeah. CNN said. <laughs> now, Darius's line stretched. I said it could stretch for a long time, and this is a big open plane. Darius's line was six kilometers long. That's how big this battle is. Damn. Um, Shit. And uh, you had mentioned why didn't he keep those bushes for archers to hide behind? Well, Darius had prepared a little secret surprise for this battle carts, scythed chariots. So Close chariots that had scythes sticking out of the wheels. Fuck dude, that's like that's, sick. Some, that's yeah. some fucking Rob Zombie shit, oh, that's dude. Sick, that's a right? fucking Dragula. Yeah. yeah, twisted metal, dude. Sick. Yeah, yeah. so he had those. Uh, they were in like small packs um, spread throughout the line to like mm. charge and fuck up the Macedonians. Nice. Rip out the Ryobis. We're going to get these weeds, motherfuckers. <laughs> dude, but imagine like... I mean, I, I don't know how tall these chariots are, but they would probably just, like, carve your legs, your torso in half, It right? was It was mostly going for the legs. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. So Oof. it's like, oh, man. It's and usually the chariots, um, it was one driver and then an archer. Oh. Or one driver and then, like, four guys hanging on, and the driver would, like, drive up to the lines, and the four guys would jump out and start hacking away. Dang. Yeah. Brutal. Mm-hmm. Alexander, seeing all of the, seeing this massive army that Darius had prepared for him, he has a few options. He's already outnumbered. Um, even before the battle starts, he's basically enveloped on both sides just because of how long this line of men is. Um, so the most obvious plan, you'd think, would be tightly packed defensive formation, maybe a couple of lines that could respond to the prevent the the cavalry from getting around the flanks um you know just a real cautious approach that would probably be what most any ancient general would do alexander does the exact total opposite of that plan instead he would it uh comes up with a plan that is going to encourage the persians to launch this massive cavalry double envelopment he spreads his army out like he always does Cavalry on the left, led by Permidian, heavy infantry in the center, and Alexander leading the cavalry on the right, screened by his Agrianian javelin throwers. Now, he does do a couple little twists on this. Um, the first is knowing that he's going to be outflanked no matter what he tries, he does have a second line held in reserve. That's like, you guys wait for gaps to form, fill the gaps. If they come around the edge, go to the edge and cut them off there. Gotcha. Like that Wayne Gretzky sneak attack. Yeah. And second, and most importantly, is he mixes in a lot more infantry troops with the companion cavalry. So 
that like I said, the javelin guys, but then also um, the ones who have the big cerises, like the 18 foot pikes. But they're h- hidden just behind the companion cavalry so that the Persian cavalry doesn't know that they're there. So it's like a little counteraction that he's trying. Mm. Okay. What he wants is he wants the Persians to just attempt this wide charge and go further and further, opening up their own lines for Alexander to then blitz through the center. Okay. Yeah. Wait, so he's kind of like, he wants him to like kind of horseshoe his position and then he can... If Alex, so everyone should picture two lines, one on Mm -hmm. top of the other. The top line is longer. The bottom line is smaller. The bottom line is the Macedonians. He wants that top line to spread out until it's like a dashed line and then he can cut through a gap and get right into the middle. Right, because he loves that gape toll. That's his military um, signature, is gape toll. Send lots of hard. men through the gape toll. Yeah. 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 That sounds about right. So once again, Alexander looks resplendent. He's got... His bright silver armor is polished to a sheen. He's repaired his little feathered helmet that had been damaged in the Granicus. And now he's wearing a brilliantly decorated scarlet cloak. Um, And he's got jewel-encrusted neck armor. So he is very obvious once again. Fabulous. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of... He's now using that against the Persians, though. He's like, I want you to be drawn to me because then I'll be able to distract you and you'll follow my plan. All right, check out this ass. Yeah. Check out my ass. <laughs> and this time, he's riding Bucephalus, his trusted horse companion. Nice. Wait, what happened to old Busey? Where, where was no, he? No, that's who he's riding. Busey. I know, but you're like, this time. Oh, because was... he didn't ride him in any of the other battles because, like, he was past his prime. But for uh, this okay. moment, he's like, I'm bringing you out of retirement for one last call. All right. Yeah. One last like, ride, my brother. Yeah. Bucephalus like, why didn't you leave me? In Greece. (laughs) The fuck am I doing out here? Like, you could... I saw that bull. I could have lived a life like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just give me some fucking hay, goddammit. I was just eating olives. I don't even know if that's poisonous to horses, but I love them, dude. I don't even care if it hurts my stomach, dude. (laughs) It's like, I'll just eat it, regardless. I don't want to be ridden into battle. You're always at the front. I hate that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he rides up and down the line, speaks with each detachment. Uh, offers some prayers and words of encouragement. And now the battle is on. The order to advance is given. And I don't know if we mentioned this before, but ancient battles are always not what you see in movies where like it's never, it's so rarely a charge that whenever it's like that full sprint charge, all the ancient hist- like historians are like, holy shit, they just charged right at him. Usually it's a walking pace or even yeah. slower than a walking pace. I mean, you guys, you know, it's a marathon. Yeah. And it's like, imagine marching shoulder to shoulder with a thousand other people and trying to keep that line. And there's also 16 lines behind you also trying to keep that same line. Mm. Yeah, look, real slow. I'm just saying, I know I could be outrun. If I'm going to be on the front line, dude, I'm going to be in the back line by the time yeah. the fucking front line hits the front. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say, you know. Yeah. He survived the battle by sheer <laughs> fatness. Yeah. He tried his, he ran as fast as he could. He was brave and valiant, but unfortunately he was too fucking slow to reach the battle. Three days behind everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Alexander also um, orders his troops to advance um, in echelon is like the proper term for it. Basically what it means is the center is moving faster than the sides. So that bottom line, that's the Macedonians. 
the center moves up a lot then this like the units next to that move up a little a little bit so now it's kind of turning into this like wedge shaped formation gotcha yeah and that's something that's used again today oh all right? the time like, yeah this is just this like that's like taking like common when, tactics when you hear when you hear modern people like take point bruh yeah like that's you know you want so you want that wedge shape yeah. when you're the whole when you're attacking the whole someone. purpose is like because if the enemy tries to advance on the f- units that are in the front from the sides then you have units behind them that can just charge right up and prevent yeah. it from happening it's just crazy how much, uh, and the reason why I was like mentioning that was that it's crazy how much military tactics today come from this man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like people will relate. You know, let me talk about three hundred, and it was like, yeah, fucking three hundred, bro. They fucking lost. Yeah. But, like Alexander won. Yeah, he's undefeated. Like, <laughs> these tactics are still used today in some respect or studied. If you go to West Point, yeah. you're going to learn about Alexander. Yeah, are these the tactic, tactics we use to find oil? Well, well he finds oil later. Sick! <laughs> so kind of. Sick, bro! <laughs> Although he Dude, conquered Alex Iran, he, which America could never do. We keep talking mm. about how he's called Alexander the Great. Are you sure his name is an Alexander Bush? <laughs> Could Maybe, be. We don't know his last name. Well, I think Bush. I think we do. I, I just don't know his last name. It's the, the Great. Oh, right. The Great. A.K.A. in English, Bush. <laughs> the skirmishing begins between the two uh, main infantry lines. The Persians are also slowly advancing. Um, and this is where Alexander makes his first gambit, his first big move. So all the Persians are looking directly at him. They know where he is. They know where the companion cavalry is. So what does Alexander do as this armies are slowly marching straight at each other? Remember, he's on the right wing. He just takes off to the right. He just leads the cavalry due, I was going to say east or west. I don't know what direction it is. Just in a like perpendicular line to the way they were advancing. Okay. All the Persians opposite him, and this cavalry, uh, Persian cavalry opposite him is led by a guy named Bessus, who will become a big character later on. They see this and they're going, holy shit, he's trying to outflank us, even though we outnumber him by so much, so we got to keep going. So they're moving to their left while Alexander's moving to his right, and slowly but surely, the Persian cavalry just keeps going further and further and further, and Alexander's going further and further and further, and just stretching out their line as thin as it can possibly be. Um, Dude, you got to be careful, because if you go too far, it fuses. Yeah. If you go too far, the butthole and the vagina come together <laughs> can't have two awesome two awesome um, <laughs> when when darius sees this he's like all right this is my moment i uh, gives the order for the chariots to charge hopefully they can cut through the little um the macedonians it does not work at all um they're thwarted again by the trusty agrianian javelin throwers now it's possible that alexander was also using a decoy <laughs> Um, that was like dressed in a similar armor to lead this cavalry on this goose chase to the right. Still a good tactic. We were tactic. talking about that last Still show. Still a good tactic, yeah. He's, he loves yeah. using decoys. His PR, he's the Kim Jong style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't wear the real jewels. <laughs> I wear the real jewels. We, we spit you up with some rock candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, this is a massive battlefield, six kilometers wide, we said. Um, this is all happening on the Macedonian right. 
On the left, there's still a battle going on that Alexander has no control over. That's where Parminian is, and it's not going well. There, the Persian cavalry had outflanked the Macedonians, had seized the Macedonian camp, and were now engaged in just, like, general melee combat uh, mm. with Parminian and his forces. Um, now, what this did is now the infantry in the center is watching Alexander run away to the right. They're watching Parminian get slaughtered to the left. So they kind of start splitting right and left, and then a hole opens up in the middle, and Darius is like, oh, there's a hole in the middle. Pour troops through that. So Darius sends his troops to the center. And that's where Alexander finally sees his moment. All this is going on, and he goes, there it is. There's Darius in his giant chariot. Gap has opened up. He gives the order, and the companion cavalry goes charging straight at Darius. Right, and this is like this is like a charge charge. Oh, charge! Right? Like, this is like they've like, been gallop. They've been like doing like a little trot. Walking now, it's a full spears down gallop right at the uh, king. Right. Brought, in the movie, oh, brought yeah. to you by New Movies. Balance. This charge. is yeah. This is the full full boat. So this is Alexander and all of his best boys, the men he had been uh, friends with since childhood that he had led through all of this. They're all fighting alongside him. They smash through the Persian infantry in their way and just commence a general slaughter. In this single moment, uh, probably no longer than maybe 20 minutes to half an hour, a battle that looked like Darius was about to win is now a rout. The Persian, arm, the Persian infantry collapses and is just retreating entirely. Oh, damn. As so uh, the real question, like last episode you mentioned, you ended with you know, uh, Darius's mom being captured and being like, "You're my new son, boy." Oh, yeah, I forgot about. Is that. she like? Is she like, "Yay, Alexander, you get him." I you wonder, get him. I, I don't know. I wonder what she was thinking. <laughs> I hate doing that shithead's laundry. <laughs> Do it, Alex. <laughs> get in there. <laughs> I hate. I fucking he, hate this kid. It was terrible labor. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible Hated labor. Him ever yeah. since his father is shit, human shit of a man. <laughs> <laughs> So the Persian center collapses. Uh, the cavalry that had been pursuing the Macedonians sees this. They try to turn around, but they're thwarted um, by the Thessalian cavalry that had been kept in reserve. Darius, he sees the writing on the wall. He knows it's all over. He makes his retreat from battle and starts fleeing to the east, far away, hoping that he can maybe, maybe build up an army of this size again. Alexander realizes he's winning that Darius is fleeing, and he has one, two options. He can either continue to chase after Darius or wheel his troops around and smash into the Persian forces that are still fighting on the far side of the battlefield that don't know that this battle has been decided, basically. Ooh. Or three fake butt sex. Uh, no, he knows that that's going to happen afterwards. Uh, they're not, they're not, it's not every moment of the battle. <laughs> <laughs> where know, some dude. kind of gay sexual reference needs to happen. And remember, Alex just throw it out there. Alex Travis. isn't super in his sex. Know, dude. He probably had a boner just from fighting. He's like, I want to keep fighting. I got, I got my fight boner going. Yeah, he's got the fight boner. Yeah, dude, I don't know about that. So he decides against chasing Darius. He says, I have to rescue my army because if I don't, then I could lose my army. I could win the battle, but lose my army. So he wheels around, smashes through the Persians that are there. Now these Persians are surrounded. And this is when, like, a f true massacre happens. Because that's ancient battles, not super deadly unless you retreat. 
that's when it becomes really, really deadly. Your back's all exposed. Yeah. And you get, uh. yeah. So if you keep going, yeah. even if your general says, please stop, we're going the other way, we've lost, If you, just stop. No, you just keep going. Don't listen to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Eventually, you'll hit Barbados. Yeah, so it's either in retreat that they all die, <laughs> or when there's no hope of escape is when lots of deaths happen. <laughs> and that's I don't know why I'm here. laughing right yeah. now. Well, it happened 2,000 like, years ago. Can't, yeah, oh, well, yeah. they got mashed. Yeah. Of the 100,000 or so that had taken the field that morning, roughly half were dead, and another quarter had been captured, compared to only around 2,000 Macedonians dead. Whoa! Damn! Yeah. Fucking numbers, man. Yeah. So Darius and a f- small few had escaped, but the battle, and at this point, for all intents and purposes, the war was won for Alexander. Yeah, but Darius is still out there, dude. So he's still out there, but basically, this is this was his chance because now that he's lost this second major battle after gathering up all the elite forces. All the governors that are in the area are going to go, oh, Alexander's the new power. We're going to work for him now. Type of thing. Gotcha. Well, oh, they're like, yo, Darius is a bitch. Yeah, like, have fun trying to gr- like create an army of this size out in Bactria. Like, good luck, buddy. Yeah, you, you just fall in line. Yeah. You know, you know, well, you it's got. fall in line. Yeah, fall in line. Fall the way the you winds got, are blowing. You got a guy who just destroyed so many of Young Darius III's amazing men who yep. were probably not that good at their job, end of day. No. I mean, they kept them yeah. alive. They had spirit. They had spirit. And spirit counts yeah. for dick. Yeah. There's also <laughs> some some historians think that Darius may have been taken prisoner by his own advisors at this time. <laughs> that was fun, too. Because that, that will happen. Spoiler alert. He is taken prisoner by his own advisors. But some historians think that it happened at the battlefield. Others will say it happens when I'm, we talk about it later. Alright. Yeah. Oh, man, another reference to the Bush administration when <laughs> Cheney fucking put a bag a, a garbage bag over Bush's head. Yeah. Bush was the good guy. It was really Cheney who was so awful, so mean. So he was he was rude. So we're gonna That's it. We're almost gonna wrap up with a little little thing here. Cause what does a conquering army do? Alexander decides Rape. Not, well, not not yet. They all oh, okay. not yet. Um Alexander decided against pursuing Darius. His army was um, weary from this huge battle. Um, they had just marched across the desert. He was like, no, you know, let's, let's rest and relax. Let's enjoy being these conquering, um, this conquering army that's done amazing things that no one ever believed possible. And thus, the first Sandals Resort was established. I was for Christ. Kind of no, like that is about to happen. No fucking joke. I in my head, I had Margaritaville like on the docket. Well, we're gonna see a mix of uh, Margaritaville Sandals and hedonism coming up. Uh, because right. where where are they going? They're turning south and heading for Babylon, the greatest and wealthiest city in the entire world. And the Babylonians, like the Egyptians, not big fans of the Persians. So Alexander Great. knows he's going to get a nice, warm welcome from these people. Right, Maybe a I nice, like warm Bab- something else, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Babylonians were, were very... I mean, they used to be top of the game, and then these fucking upstart Persians yeah, came in. That's kind of why yeah. they hated them. They're like, we're, yeah. you use our city because how cool our city is. Yeah. And Dude, what, you, know what, you know what writing is? You know what writing is? Like, me and my dogs were one of the first people to do writing. You heard of Hammurabi? <laughs> yeah, you know Ra- Hammurabi? Why do Jamaicans, Dude, he had two eyes. Why do Jamaicans always sing about Babylon? 
I don't know. Babbitt, they always sing about Babylon, New York. <laughs> That's oh, right. Jamaica, Queens. Jamaica, oh. Queens, Babylon, New York. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we actually learned something on the show today. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, three weeks after the battle, um, Alexander marches in as a triumphant hero. He's greeted by thousands of emissaries, diplomats, priests, all the uh, most prominent citizens of Babylon. He rides through the Ishtar Gate, which is made out of bright blue lapis lazuli stone blocks. Shit is still around today, dog. Yep. Um, he's riding on a massive chariot. Um, this is when he starts to kind of style himself as a Persian king. Oh. Um, so he's kind of like taking on all the trappings of the royal office. He takes residence in the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, which are still around at this time. Um, he's offering... Uh, Sacrifices to Bel Marduk, the deity of Babylon. Marduk, sick yeah. band. Sick ba- Well, they're there. That's what they're named after. Well, they're very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he pays for all the temples that had been closed by the Persians to be reopened. And with the army camped outside the city, Babylon basically just turns into this massive orgy of celebration, basically. This like, is an army. It's the sun, like big O orgy. Oh, big O orgy. Because this is an army that had been fighting basically constantly for six years, um, had just conquered the greatest empire known to world history, uh, and they were ready to unwind. They're ready to show Babylon their yeah. O face. So, oh, yeah. Well, much like their leader, they saw the gape toll and yeah. they proceeded in. And Babylon was kind of like, not just was it the biggest and wealthiest city, it was also like the Vegas of this ancient world where like all vices were like encouraged and allowed. That's good. So I'm going to read a lengthy quote from the Roman historian Curtius, right. who, like every Roman historian, was a stuck-up prude that hated fun. Cool. So Travis, gonna, Travis, don't cut off Connor. This is a good I quote. I won't. Don't it's, cut him off. But I, I just want to say, yeah, I'm Curtis Blow. I want you to know that this is Babylon. That could be. <laughs> I, I like that. That was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is how he describes the city of Babylon. Again, this is a long quote. The moral corruption there is unparalleled. Parents and husbands permit their children and wives to have sex with strangers, provided this wickedness is paid for. The Babylonians are especially addicted to wine and the excesses that go along with drunkenness. Women attend dinner parties. At first, they are decently dressed. Then they remove all their top clothing and by dis- degrees disgrace their respectability until, parentheses, I apologize to my readers for spelling it out, end parentheses. They finally discard their most intimate garments. This revolting (laughs) conduct is characteristic not only of prostitutes, but also of married women and young girls who regard such fornication as, quote, being friendly, end quote. That sounds like a society I would like to be a part of. So that sounds like the sickest time an ancient army could ever have in the world. I've just been (laughs) squinting and raising my eyebrows up and down Yeah, this entire time. So basically, and we can end here, the Macedonians party for a month in Babylon. That's sick. Yeah. Probably lost more people, more troops (laughs) to alcohol poisoning during that month. Yeah, or, or what, I I don't know what what was the big uh, venereal disease back then? Pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at a thirty percent mortality rate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what's the mortality rate for babies? For and the mom. Oh, and the mom. Okay. Everyone's dead at birth. 
Yeah, everyone dies at birth. I That's hear, the moral the, of the story. Yeah. The father died at birth. So the next steps for Alexander <laughs> is going to be... Now he's kind of been hailed as a conquering hero by all the cities he's taken, with like Tyre being the exception. Now he's conquering the true Persian homeland. So his next goals and his next... His, the road from here on out is going to be less daunting, but a little, a little harder, let's say. All right. Oh, dude, he just he just like pushed in their buttholes this episode. Yeah, this is where this is where the war is decided. Like he could have just stopped here and been like, all right, war is over. I conquered Persia. Right. And you said the Roman writers of the time were like, this was like a lesson, dude. It was like, all right, maybe you should stop. Maybe you should stop. Maybe you should stop. stop. Oh, Yeah. yeah. But they were all pussies. Yeah. And Alexander don't like pussy. He likes thighs. He likes thighs and killing dudes. Yeah. Dude. Thighs and killing guys. Yeah. <laughs> thighs thighs and guys. guys. Yeah. yeah. There's jokes there about peanuts. <laughs> um, look, Connor, what is this? Episode four of yeah, Alexander Jesus. the Great. We're, we're, we're flying yeah. right now. And a new way that we never have as a show. So thank you for listening to Roast Mortem Cast, episode four of Alexander the Great. One of the finest thighs on this side of the Mesopotamia. Mm-hmm. So creamy. So creamy. So dreamy. He's got elephants. He don't even need to use them, dude. Now, if you have elephants and you're looking to parse them off and perhaps dollars or Bitcoin... Travis, where do they go? These listeners. You can go to patreon.com slash roastmortemcast, or you know what? You don't even need to give us money to show all of your friends. Just be like, hey, mom, hey, dad, would you like to hear about men talking about things that I would be embarrassed if they were talking about it around you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And history. Doesn't that sound good? See what your parents say. You know what? Depending on the scenario, just walk up to them and turn off the television. Turn off Tucker Carlson. Turn off Don Lamont. Those people suck. Yeah. We don't suck. No. Yeah. Go into old... If you work for Old Navy, go onto the loudspeaker that plays fucking Beyonce and Molly, Miley Ray Cyrus and put our show on so right. people can shop and buy flip-flops. Yeah. Man. That's right. So do that. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Donald Shane. Bye. Oh, yeah.